The word of God that comes to us today is from St. Paul, Romans 4, verse 5. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. You may be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Some of you grow up in church, go into Sunday school, and you know a lot of songs. How about the one, Father Abraham? Know that one? Anybody? Two of you. Wow, we need to get, okay, three of you. We've got to get Sunday school going. Okay, uh, so one of you four who uh, admitted to knowing that song. How's it go? Well, it's not that hard. Help us out. Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you, so let's just praise the Lord. And then you do this, right arm, right, left arm, right foot, left foot, turn around, do it again, right? It's all something like that. I didn't grow up in church, so I don't know that song, and I'm also not a singer, so sorry for that you had to endure that little uh, bit there. Well... Father Abraham was a great song. He had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. I'm one of them, and so are you, right? Our text today said it. He's going to be the father of many nations, right? That's the promise, that we are descendants of Abraham. There's a problem, though. There's a time when that wasn't right. It was not right at all for two reasons. One, Father Abraham was not a father. He didn't have any kids. He's 75 years old, and he has no children. And in fact, it's not until he's 100 that he has any children. There's times when his life is just not right. Okay? Just like ours. Our life is often not right. And his life was not right in a whole worse way. One that we all you know, were born into. And that says Joshua would later say of, of Abraham that him and, he and his family uh, grew up uh, in another land and they worshipped other gods. What? Father Abraham worshipped other gods? Yeah. Father Abraham worshipped other gods. He did not know the name or the idea, the understanding of Yahweh, the one true creator. So two things that are not right with Abraham. There's a whole bunch more I could tell you. One is he doesn't have any kids, so he's not a father. And two, he worshipped other gods. He does, he's not the father of faith. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's, that's Abraham's problem. Let's take a look at Genesis chapter 12. I do want to show you how things got right with Abraham and how we can use that for ourselves. How can we get right? Okay? That's what we're going to look at today. Take a look. Verse 1 there says, Now Yahweh said to Abram, that's his first name. It got changed to Abraham later. Yahweh said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I'll show to you. You don't have this, but at the end of chapter 11, it, it introduces Abram and his family that they moved from a, a place called Ur of the Chaldeans in Babylon. Then they moved somewhere around Damascus to this place called Haran. And that's where they are. They've settled. They've got a good spot. They're happy. And then, out of the blue, Yahweh says to Abram, Go from your country. Out of the blue, he shows up to someone who did not worship him and said, Abram, go. Uh, go and leave everything you know. So just think about this for a moment. Hey, Sarah, uh, I know you like this spot. It's much better than where we were in Ur, but we're going to leave. What? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to leave. Uh, we're, we're getting out of here. All of us? 
no, no, just me, and maybe I'll take Lot, you know, and you, we'll go, we're going to get out of here. What? Why? Where are we going? Well, where are we going? I, I don't know. We're just going to go, right? Imagine. How many wives here would say, all right, hubby, let's do it? <laughs> Mine. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sarah. <laughs> Melissa. No, it's true, though. Well, and then she's going to say, well, why? Why? Um, Yahweh told me. Who? Yahweh. Yahweh told me. You know, can you imagine where, things are just not right now between Abram and his wife Sarah. Things are, everything's a mess, right? Can you even imagine for a moment? Here, many of you grew up in North Clarence or somewhere around here, and you get a vision from this God, the God of the world, and he says, leave everything and go. All right, where am I going? Not going to tell you. All right, would you do it? No, that's why Abram is the father of faith, because he does something crazy and incredible, right? And that's, take a look at verse 4. The three hardest words maybe so far in the Bible. So Abram went. So Abram went, right? Hardest words maybe in the Bible so far. Why? Why did he go? Yes, God showed up to him, but what did God tell him? Let's look at, let's look and see. Why would Abram do this? Well, verse 2 God tells him this, I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Was he doing this just for himself, just for his personal walk with God? No. He was doing it because he believed this word from God that said, through you, Abram, the whole world will be blessed. Right? It's kind of a crazy thought. Probably at this moment, he doesn't understand what we read last week. I believe it was Ken read Genesis 3. This is the promise spoken against the devil. It says this, I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. After the fall, God didn't turn his back on his creation. He said, I'm going to crush the one who crushed you. And I'm going to do it through a, an offspring, literally a seed, a son. Abram probably didn't know all that at this moment. He was probably really confused. But Abram went. Now, anyone know some, any people besides my dear wife who is incredible in faith like that? Who does... Go ahead. Yeah, we did know God. We didn't just get a vision from the, the blue, right? It is not the same thing. It's Okay. Any, you all know some people who are like, wow, they have a lot of faith. I'd like to be like them, or like, at least that's really cool. Raise your hand. You all know someone? Some, you probably know some people who have a lot of faith for whatever reason. They just have faith. And we might say of them, wow, they, they could like, pat themselves on the back. I can't believe they did that. That was really cool. Uh, you know, I think of this guy, Dan or, Orlovsky. I don't even know if that's his right name. When we're, everyone was talking about praying for Damar Hamlin, which was good, he was the only one I saw actually pray. Right? National television is like, boop, stop, let's just pray. And ESPN Live, he just, just said a prayer for DeMar and for our country and for all kinds of things. Uh, I don't know if he still has his job. I think he does, right? Um, that was a step of faith, you know, and it wasn't easy. And we all look at people and be like, wow, that was really cool. They could probably write a really good blog post about that, a really good letter. 
They could maybe even boast about it. Well, turn to Romans chapter 4. Paul uses Abraham as an example. Abraham, as good as he was, as good as he was, he had nothing to brag about. Let's take a look. Romans 4 says this. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about. That word justified is if he got right, got right with God because of, it says here, works or efforts, he has something to boast about, but not before God. I just want to pause for just a, a brief moment. That word justified, like we, we use it all the time. We constantly justify ourselves, right? We explain to other people, this is why I did this. Don't you see my side, right? Probably this morning you did that. I did it because of this. Just listen already, right? We do that to each other, to ourselves. We do it to God. We try to justify ourselves, right? It's just human nature. Paul says here that we can't justify ourselves. Think for a moment um, if, uh, you know, you have a bunch of buddies and they all like Mustangs, like 65 Mustang convertibles. They love them. Um, and you go out and get yourself the very best 65 Mustang drop top that you can be found, right? In the eyes of your friends, you did right. You did the right thing. You justified yourself before your friends, right? Does that make sense? Wow, good job, dude. Now, let's say you cheat on your wife and you want to make it up to her. You, get, you buy her a 65 Mustang. Does that make you right before your wife? No. So, what do you need from your wife to make it right? Can you make it right with your wife? Apart from the grace of God in your wife to forgive you? That's the only thing. And that's exactly what Paul will say here. You can't get right with God on anything you do. Even the very best that you could ever do, you can't. He says it's a gift. Verse 3 says this of Romans 4. For what does the scripture say? Abraham, pay attention to this, he's quoting from Genesis. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Abraham believed God and that made him right. Did we just read that in Genesis? No, we didn't. We did not read that in Genesis chapter 12. It doesn't, wouldn't you think though for a moment that if Abraham had a lot of faith, his leaving uh, his old place, his beginning to follow God, his conversion, we could say, his big time moment, that would be when God would uh, count him righteous, would justify him. Wouldn't you think that? Like, wow, look at that. Look at Abraham just started, and that's when God justified him. And we would say, yes, of course, uh, that's when God justified him. He believed God, and God counted him as righteousness. But what Paul quotes is not Genesis 12. Stick with me, it's Genesis chapter 15. Some things have happened in Abram's life. He's moved. He's gone. He's, he's not been a righteous dude all the way. He's lied about his wife. He's done some shady things, some really good things, too. He is, as Lutherans say, simultaneously saint and sinner. But he's still a sinner, and we see that. We get to Genesis 15. If you have a Bible, you can read it, or I'll read it to you. He's, he's in agony because God has not yet made him a father. And so he says this. Uh, the Lord appeared to Abram in a vision and said, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O oh Lord God, what will you give me for I continue childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. I don't have any kids. Behold, you have given me no offspring. 
and a member of my house will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. In other words, I will keep the promise I made to you. And he brought him outside and said, look toward heaven and number the stars. Count them if you can. And then he said, so shall your offspring be. And then the very next words is this. And he believed the Lord. And he counted it to him as righteousness. It's beautiful, isn't it? Abraham believed the promise. That word believe in Hebrew, it's the word amen. He amen as a verb. He agreed. He trusted the Lord, literally his word, his promise. And he counted it to him as righteousness. Now, think for a moment. This is not Genesis 12. This is not when he became a believer. This is down the road. So here's the point. God continually justified Abraham in Genesis 12, made him right. He lived a yucky life and a good life. Genesis 15, he justified him again when he gave him his promise and he believed. You can keep reading Genesis 17. There's another event. Genesis 22, he's asked to do something unimaginable. unimaginable. All along, God is justifying him. How do I know? Well, because of what Paul quotes in Romans 4. He says... after he's been a believer, that he is justified. Look back at Romans. It says this. To the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as is due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. I know that's a lot there, but this is my, the thing I want you to think about. God is the one who justifies the ungodly. And who is he talking about? Yes, and specifically in this context, who did he just tell about? Abraham. But Abraham's been a believer, but he's still ungodly in his life. He still needs God's word to come to him. He still needs to be constantly justified. Now, don't get scared. I'm not saying that you get unjustified. What I'm saying is you get constantly justified as you believe God's word. Yesterday, today, and forever. So believe every word that you get, agree, and you're continually justified. He continually does. And what does that look like? Well, he'll go on and talk about David. I won't get into it. But David committed every sin possible. He sinned against, he stole another man's wife, slept with her, lied about it, had him killed, all that stuff. He was bad. But he was already a believer in God, but he messed up big time. And then he was confronted with his sin, And he said, I'm the man. And Nathan the prophet said, God has removed your sin from from you. At that moment, he believed God's word and he was justified again. Right? Not just the beginning of his life, but throughout his life, David was justified. And then Paul quotes here, Romans chapter 4. I'm sorry, in Romans 4, he quotes um, David's response as he is forgiven. And he says this. This is from Psalm 32. There's two Psalms about that episode, Psalm 51 and Psalm 32. This is Psalm 32. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. So today I declare to you, as you believe this, your lawless deeds in Jesus are forgiven. Your sins in Jesus are covered. Your sins in Jesus are not counted against you. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Um, yes, I hope you do. 
Your sins are not counted against you, but they are counted. In some way. Maybe in a figurative way. They were counted by Jesus. He counted the cost for us. He took up the cross for us, which is what we see in, Roman, or in John 3, that God so loved the world. John 3.15, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. That's the gospel. Your sins were counted, but not by you. Jesus took them. All right, so, so what? It's good news, right? I hope you rejoice that in Jesus your sins are covered. You got nothing between you and God. You are set free. I'll end with this story, uh, just an epic quote that Jesus says about Abraham, which is mind-boggling. He says this about Abraham. He says, your, this is John 8 to 56. Your father Abraham, he's talking to some Jewish people, your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. You might be thinking, how did Abraham rejoice to see Jesus' day? He believed that in him, an offspring would come to bless all the families of the world. He believed that the seed, the, the son of God would come. He believed it. He rejoiced to see Jesus' day. He saw it by faith and was glad. So with us, we are called to see by faith. We don't see Jesus literally, but we are called, we, ought, we, we do see Jesus by faith. We see it and are glad. So, so what? Be glad. Rejoice. Give thanks to God that you can't justify yourself, but God has justified you. Pray and be like Abraham. How can I, uh, as it says in Genesis 12, how can I go, uh, what does it say? I apologize. It says, so Abram went. What can be written about me? So Dave went. So Melissa went. So Ben went. So Nathan went. What is it that God says to you? Go. I don't know. It's all different for each of us. We know the big picture, but the little picture, he'll work out in your life. He will work it out. All right. Well, believe it, agree with it, receive it, walk in it. The grace of God is for you. Now may the peace of God, which passes all our understanding, guard your hearts and minds of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Having heard God's word, I invite you to stand and confess that you agree with that faith. In the words of the Apostles' Creed, it's printed in